You're listening to Utah Lake Facts, Fiction, and Fun. Hello, and welcome back to the Utah Lake Facts, Fiction, and Fun podcast. This is Sam Brager, podcast host and outreach coordinator for the Utah Lake Commission. Today's guest here with us to talk about ice fishing is Pat Scouten. You may know him as Tube Dude is his common nickname, and his wife actually is Tube Babe, if I'm right, Pat. Isn't that right? Right. Awesome. So, Pat, if you would, introduce yourself to our listeners. Help them understand where you're coming from, because I know you've been fishing at Utah Lake for a long time, right? Well, uh, a long time, like in centuries almost. Uh, I started way back in the early 60s during my early days at BYU, and in those days, uh, there wasn't really much ice fishing going on except a few farmers and Geneva Steel guys that would tromp out on the ice and their heavy work boots and work clothes, maybe some rubber boots, uh, the old three-buckle kind. But we didn't have any of the, the refinements of today, no, no ice gear, no no nice boots, uh, no no ice augers, no ice sleds, no sonars. It was pretty much bare-bones fishing, and, and uh, guys would come out on the ice with a axe or a crowbar and punch a hole through the ice and fish all day in the same hole because they didn't want to move around and get wet every time they uh, smacked a hole in the ice. <laughs> and uh, fishing was, was, you know, we didn't have the nice ice rods in those days. Everybody used the same rods that they used for trout and rigged up pretty much the same way with a sinker and a hook and a piece of worm or jigged a, uh, a wobbler or something through the ice. But the strange thing is uh did catch fish. Kind of wonder today if we got rid of all the refinements, if we could still catch fish like we used to with, with the bare bones stuff. Has that probably be the mark of a real fisherman, right? Not having all the fancy stuff you got today. Well, it uh, shows how good of a fisherman you are and how much you have to rely on uh, the refinements. That's a good point. It's a good point. I mean, ice fishing's obviously progressed, not only at Utah Lake, but obviously, you know, across the state, nation, and world. It's a, there's a lot more to do with it today. But, you know, I, I know your nickname, Pat, comes from primarily the fact that you like to tube fish, right? Which is, you know, for anybody who's listening who doesn't know, it's a, a manner of fishing in a vehicle that is got kind of two, I would, what would you call them, pontoon tubes, if you will, and a nice little seat that you can fish from. And Pat's quite successful with that. But, Pat, wh- why would you ice fish at Utah Lake? Well, I'm an equal opportunity fisherman, and uh, I go where the fish are, and I fish how it takes to catch them. And uh, I even uh, lower my standards and crawl in a boat with a guy once in a while, so uh, I, I do it all. I don't do too much ice fishing anymore with my advancing age. My knees don't hold up after a day of sliding around on the ice, but ice fishing is great because it's a, a kind of a contemplative thing, and it's a social thing. People gather around and have a good time and uh, yell back and forth at each other and have friendly competitions. It's it's a nice way to spend the day uh, as long as the wind doesn't come up and it gets too cold. Sure. I know I've driven past uh, Lincoln Beach down on the south side of the lake a couple of different times over the years and just seen masses of people, you know, on a good day when there's, you know, good ice out there and obviously good fish. But it's definitely Maybe kind of a, a sense company. of community, right? Well, like I say, misery loves company. <laughs> Even more so than good fishing, right? <laughs> right. For ice fishing at Utah Lake, what kind of species would you be targeting? Is it really the same as year-round, or are there more? is there specific species at the lake that are, you know, more prone? Well, there's, there's a lot of ice, a lot of species in Utah Lake, and uh, they can be caught year-round. There isn't anything that quits biting under the ice. A lot of them slow down a little bit, but some of them actually are... are easier and more plentiful to catch under the ice because they tend to school up more. Uh, the water becomes clearer under the ice, so visually oriented fish 
can gather together more and school up more. So if you find a school, you can catch more fish. Uh, the most common catch at Utah Lake through the ice is the white bass. Uh, they're in there by the bajillions. Uh, more and more yellow perch are showing up now. Uh, there didn't used to be nearly as many as there are now, but wherever you're catching white bass during the winter, you're also catching perch. Uh, quite a few crappies caught, bluegill, green sunfish, largemouth bass, even walleye, even catfish, even though they have the reputation of uh, going dormant during the winter, they do bite under the ice. Uh, of course, you can catch carp and suckers. Uh, we don't target those, but they do show up. Even catch a strange uh, trout once in a while. It comes down from one of the tributaries and swims around out there in the clear water under the ice. A lot of people are surprised to pull out a rainbow or a brown uh, from under the ice. And one of the less common catches but does occur is the northern pike, which is an invasive species that uh, DWR would just soon have out of the lake, but they do show up and uh, they do hit through the ice. Now, the the yellow perch, is that, I'm not an angler myself, is that good eating? Uh, they're one of the best eating fish. Uh, you've got a lot of what we call perch jerkers here in Utah that uh, anymore, there are probably more people targeting perch for the table than there are fishing for trout for the table. Interesting. What, what about you? What do you think is your favorite at Utah Lake that you like to eat? Well, I'm, again, pretty much equal opportunity, but uh, uh, white bass, perch, walleye, those are my favorite. But I also uh, fish a lot for, for catfish. I keep the smaller catfish. They're a lot better eating than the large ones. Uh, bluegills, green sunfish, they're all good if you know how to properly prepare them. Sure, sure. Now, you mentioned trout. Sometimes people are surprised to see that come out of the lake. I didn't know that. But have, have you personally ever caught one uh, at the lake in oh, the wintertime? Yeah. Um, the American Fork River comes in uh, at Linden. Uh, Provo River comes in at Provo. Spanish Fork River uh, Spring Creek. There's several creeks that have trout in them, and so it's not unreasonable to expect that uh, during the during the winter the trout will come down into the lake once it clears up and and uh, the habitat's a little better for them. Well, that's interesting, and, and I'm glad you mentioned when you were talking about species of northern pike. Uh, as you mentioned, DWR obviously doesn't want it, but it actually even has a kill order. So some some anglers might not be aware. Uh, that you are required to kill the pike if you catch it. You cannot return it to the water, and that's because of the the danger it represents to the uh, the ecosystem of Utah Lake, uh, not only for the endangered June sucker, but the other species. Uh, when I was chatting with someone, there was, you know, in the last decade or so that it, it was illegally introduced in some manner. And so if anyone catches one while they're out there ice fishing, please do make sure that you dispose of it. And, you know, we'd obviously, any agency that works at the lake would love for you to dispose of any carp that you get too, <laughs> because if we, you know, that can use all the help it can get. Uh, there's been a lot of success with the commercial program and moving it, but, you know, I'm always happy when I see uh, uh, anglers not returning carp to the waters uh, when they're when they're catching them. Well, I, I believe in catch and release. I catch a carp, I do a complimentary galectomy and then release them unharmed down through the ice. Utah Lake isn't always known for its ice, being a valley bottom lake. You know, it does warm up, as you well know, Pat. So, you know, do you do much winter fishing that's not on the ice, like going out on a boat or even from the shoreline? Well, a lot of my fishing is, as you mentioned, from a float tube. And uh, I prefer that. That's my preferred thing. I've had boats, and I uh, fish in boats with other guys, and I fish from the shore. But uh, the, the float tube just allows me to cover a lot more area productively. But, uh, and you take it out in the wintertime? Well, no, no. Well, a lot of times I'll break my way out through the thin ice going out through the harbors before it freezes solid 
because some of the best fishing uh, of the year is just as it's getting toward ice up because that's when a lot of the fish like the white bass school up and start moving into the harbors. So some of the best fishing of the year can be the last week or two before the ice actually caps the lake. And the harbors are usually the first to freeze over. That's typically uh, sometime around the first or second week of December, which is right now. They're icing up right now. There's some ice fishing going on in several of the harbors, like American Fork Boat Harbor and, and uh, Linden and other places. But uh, uh, once that ice is up, then that's pretty much what you're limited to is, is uh, drilling and chilling, as we call it. <laughs> now, you mentioned a couple of locations there. Obviously, any of the harbors, there's five public marinas at the lake. It sounds like those are great spots to check, not only because, you know, they're first to ice on, but also it's, I'm sure, the most amenities and also the easiest to be able to get out on the ice, right? But where else, if somebody's wanting to do some ice fishing, where would you recommend they visit at Utah Lake? Well, if we start around, um, let's go down to Saratoga Harbor at uh, Pelican Bay, not the, not the private harbor, but the one at Pelican yeah, Bay. Yeah, the city marina, ice, yeah. But- and uh, that's been a very good harbor, and also, again, one of the first to freeze up. Typically, the harbors and the area around the pump house at Linden, or pardon me, at uh, Lehigh, are the first areas to freeze up because they're uh, protected from the wind and that which can break up thin ice. But once they get a thin cap on them and the temperatures are down in the 20-degree or lower range at night, then they'll get thick enough ice. And, and once it gets at least two to three inches, you'll see people out there punching holes and fishing. Uh, I have a little bit of extra weight myself, so I, I kind of wait until it's at least three to four inches before I get on it. But uh, starting at uh, Saratoga Springs, Pelican Bay, you go north and you can fish uh, several points around the pump house there that are protected. And that's usually one of the best places to fish early in the year for all species. And from there, then you go around to American Fork Boat Harbor, which has an entrance fee. But uh, fishing around the docks and even out in the open part of the harbor can be very good. Uh, then we go around to Linden, same thing. You can fish right next to the docks. Uh, when, the, when the ice is still very thin, a lot of guys will walk out on the docks, punch a hole right next to the docks and fish straight down and catch a lot of white bass and some crappie. Uh, but as the ice thickens, then you can fish different points around inside the harbors. And uh, going on around, uh, Provo Harbor is probably the next one that's open. Uh, and there's a good winter ice fishing spot. But again, some of the docks are private, so you can't go out on them, but you can walk to them on the ice and drill holes around the, har- around the docks and still do very well. And uh, then after that, about the next best thing is uh, Lincoln Beach. It's a longer drive for a lot of people, but it can be good fishing not only inside the harbor and around the dock, but out off the first spring out there. And it's one of the few places where the fishing in the open lake can be pretty good. Most of the lake is not so much good fishing because it's just a flat bottom and the fish cruise around a lot and it's hard to intercept them. Sure. And I know, as you mentioned there with that hot spring coming off the edge of Lincoln Point there just north of the the marina, that's kind of a spot that stays open at least to some extent year-round, right? I know there's ice in the area too, but it stays pretty open by the springs, doesn't it? Well, it freezes. And uh, the water coming out of the spring now is a lot cooler than it used to be in years past. The water table in the area has dropped a little bit, and there's not as much of a flow of the warmer water coming in. So... Uh, during a cold fall morning, you can still see a little bit of steam coming up out of there, 
but it's not enough to keep the ice off the, off the lake. It still freezes. Gotcha. And uh, gotcha. there are people there are people that drill holes and fish right over the area where the spring comes in, and it's still a good five or six inches of ice. Interesting. Well, I'm glad you you mentioned uh, the varying ice thickness as well, because you know ice safety is so important. You know, I was talking with someone from a DWR just today on the phone. He said, you know, no ice is safe ice. <laughs> it's something that you you really have to keep in mind. And in fact, we actually talked about ice safety with uh, one of the employees from the Division of State Parks and Recreation on episode 37, uh, top 10 things to do when Utah Lake is frozen. So make sure you listen to that. He has some really good suggestions on how to prepare and be safe when you're out on the ice. Because uh, it's definitely something we need to be careful about. Um, those are some great locations, Pat, and I really appreciate you sharing those with everyone. As far as you know, tackle and bait. You know, you talked about how thing or, or even gear. You've talked a lot about how in the past things really were pretty simple. If somebody were, you know, looking to be successful at the lake, is there a couple of tips that you would have as far as tackle or bait or gear goes? Well, if you have uh, an unlimited income and nothing else to spend it on, there are a whole lot of things you can uh, spend your money on. That <laughs> let's, will make... let, let's definitely make that assumption. <laughs> We'd all love that scenario. <laughs> well, uh, the well-equipped ice angler these days <clears throat> will at least have a good quality ice sled uh, in which to carry their gear. And part of that gear should include uh, some kind of a uh, – something to punch a hole through the ice, an auger, either a hand auger or a power auger, and any more, the uh, electric-powered augers are becoming more popular. They have some of the lithium-ion battery ones that are very quiet, uh, don't weigh too much, and really work well. Uh, then you've got your GPS units, uh, your sonar units. Uh, I mean, you can you can really be tricked out electronically out there, and it will make life easier if you're serious about things. Sure. But... Uh, other than that, uh, a few rods uh, and reels. You don't need a whole lot of expensive equipment, but most people prefer short rods for ice fishing. I like them a little bit longer. The, the standard ice rods most people sell are like 16, 18, 20 inches. Most of mine that I make are about uh, 40 to 42 inches because I like a little more leverage uh, when, I, when I set the hook. But uh, you can use the same rod that you use for catching trout if you want. It It really doesn't matter. You just have to stand back farther from the hole and be more attentive to watch the tip of the rod and the line to make sure you don't miss any strikes. Uh, As far as lures, you can use a whole bunch of things. There's several different jigging spoons that work, little plastic tube jigs. Uh, There's a lot of little teardrop ice flies that you put a piece of wax worm or mealworm or even a piece of nightcrawler on. But down at Lincoln Beach, when the white bass are in, it's harder to find something that they won't hit than something that they will. But, <laughs> That's always good to hear. Well, there are days when they get a little bit finicky, but uh, having a good assortment of lures and baits and, and being uh, able to switch around and knowing what to use uh, can help a lot. Now, you mentioned a variety of types of lures. I think I remember you working with us on a video. Was it called, did you call them fligs, your flying jigs? Well, floating jigs. Floating and, jigs. Uh, now, would that yeah, work in this called, situation, or would that be more of a summer thing? It's more of a uh, summer thing. You kind of drag them around behind you, and they float up off the bottom and wiggle and jiggle as you're pulling them the sinker across the bottom. Okay. But uh, I do make a special line of real small ones that you uh, attach above a sinker, and they will stay above the bottom while you're while you're fishing, and uh, they do work. But uh, okay. Well, definitely, we'll we'll make sure we share the video link with the podcast so anybody can check out that video. It's a really great video with Pat explaining how he does that. 
kind of a fun one to learn a little bit about that. Um, as far as anything else with gear, it, you know, if there was, I guess, maybe one thing that you wanted to make sure somebody knew so they could have a, a successful fish. I mean, granted, it's up to the fish, not you, right? So <laughs> you only do so much. But what would be like your one thing that you wanted to make sure somebody going to the lake would know to go prepared with? Well, let's talk about comfort, uh, especially if you're taking kids out on the ice. You want to make sure that they're properly dressed and that they don't uh, have an adverse experience or you'll never get them back out on the ice. So make sure that they have proper cold weather suits, uh, that they have good boots, good socks, uh, that they have good gloves, and uh, having a pair of those little hand warmers you can slip inside the gloves is kind of helpful too. Then they have little propane heaters, uh, and of course if you've got a tent or something like that, that's even better, but a lot of people don't fish in a tent. But even having just a little propane heater that you can use to warm up once in a while is good. But, But personal comfort is a big thing. That's a great point. I'm really glad you chose to to go that direction on it too, because that way, whether you catch something or not, you're hopefully comfortable and enjoying your time, right? Well, when somebody says, what did you get? And all you can say is hypothermia, that's not a good answer. (laughs) Definitely not. Definitely not. Now, Pat, I'm curious, do you, what, what is like maybe the, I don't know, most memorable fishing experience in the wintertime that you've had at Utah Lake? Do you have a memory, something like that, that you can share with us? Well, yeah, there's a kind of a top secret spot. It's a very deep water spot, uh, about a mile offshore from Saratoga Springs that uh, I call the abyss. And it's uh, where a warm water spring comes in underwater. It's about 50 to 60 feet deep. And, uh, but it comes up and it's like a big underwater morning glory. The, the deep hole is in the middle and then it spreads out and there might be 15 to 18, 20 feet of water around it. But that's the main lake might only be six to eight feet beyond that. And I had a the guy that found that originally took me out there on his four wheeler. Uh, we went out there and we just absolutely waylaid the white bass. They were coming through so thick that they, uh, when when the sonar was reading twenty feet, they would come through and the and the register would be twelve to fourteen feet with the top of the white bass. And then we also had a school of small uh, channel cats that came through that same day, and we both got limits of nice little good eater-sized channel cats. That was probably one of the most memorable days I've ever had on Utah Lake. So, Pat, a lot of people you know, don't have the best of feelings about Utah Lake, right? And I think that you and I both agree there's a lot of misperception that has to do with that, as well as there is some truth that, that we try and help uh, correct. But as far as the misperceptions go, I've heard a lot of people say things like, well, I'd, I'd never eat anything out of Utah Lake, right? Or I'd never go down there. It's not good fishing. You know, with your experience, you love Utah Lake and you're down there all the time. So what would you tell people like that? Like, why would you ice fishing well, Utah Lake? Uh, aside from the bad reputation that it has because it gets muddy when the wind blows, it's a shallow lake. People think that it's polluted, but as all of the environmental studies show, it doesn't have any of the mercury or uh, arsenic or some of the other toxins that even some of our more pristine lakes have in them. And uh, it does muddy up, thanks to the carp and, and the fact that it's a shallow lake. But uh, as far as that ability to fish in there, uh, get high marks every time anybody from the uh, environmental agencies study it. So they're good eating. The only thing is the PCBs that are found in some of the larger carp and larger catfish. But if you don't keep those and eat them, then everything else is a small enough fish and young enough that doesn't live long enough that it never accumulates enough to even be of consideration. But why ice fish Utah Lake? Uh, 
probably because most of the best fishing is right inside the harbors, which is easy access, and uh, some really, really good hot fishing, especially early in the year. I've been out on some of the places, walked out in, in the harbors, and the ice is literally covered with white bass, and everybody's fishing these sonar lures and bouncing them off the bottom, and they don't even get them to the bottom a lot of times when the white bass are in. It's just a circus out there. And uh, there's so many white bass in the lake that you're never going to harm the fishery by catching a lot of fish as long as you keep and use the ones that you uh, uh, put on the ice. But um, And then the number of species that you can catch there, too. There isn't any other lake in Utah that I know of that has so many species. And on any given day, you can catch uh, potentially at least five or six species without fishing any different species. lures any different baits any different locations out of the same hole you can catch as many as five or six different species so it's a kind of a real jackpot for somebody that, that likes variety and close access and and good success hey that was summed up so well uh, pat i appreciate that you know like you said it's clean really easy access it's so close to home i mean most people live within like five minutes of one of the 27 public access points there's so many places to go and i think it was a great point that you brought up the species as well that you know it it's one of the lakes that has the most species around and even year around that you can target those. And so it's kind of like you said, it's, I almost imagine like a buffet. You get to kind of pick and choose what you want. And, you know, if one thing's not working, you switch out your lure and go for something else. Uh, it's just as quick as that. So, Pat, we really appreciate you coming on. You know, we hope you see it. We see you out there on the ice this year. I know, like you said, ice is starting to form up. It's starting to be looking to be a good season. Um, if anybody is wanting to, you know, chat with you about fish or something like that, I know you're always happy to talk, but what would be the best way to get a hold of you? If you go to Big Fish Tackle, uh, I'm tube dude on there, and I'm on there all the time. And uh, I do respond to personal questions, and as long as they're not too personal. Okay, so we'll make sure we share that link and put it to the Utah forum so that people can find that. That'll be in the podcast notes. So thank you again, Pat. We appreciate it. Best of luck to you with the fishing this winter, and we will talk to you again soon. If you heard something you liked in this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. While you're at it, take a second and share this episode with someone else you think would like it. Help us spread the word about the facts, fiction, and fun of Utah Lake. You've been listening to Utah Lake, facts, fiction, and fun. For more information and resources, visit utahlakecommission.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.